Have you ever been humiliated? I have. Let me tell you a few stories. <laughs> so it was junior high-ish. Decided I was going to play basketball. Dylan really didn't know the rules or anything, and uh, but was catching on pretty quick. Things were going well. I was playing point guard. It was an inbound play. They threw me the ball. Man, I had everything worked out in my mind, exactly what I was going to do, and I took off down the court in front of everybody. Probably the most beautiful layup a seventh grader could do. Silence. The whole place was quiet. Except the other team started clapping because I scored two points for them. <laughs> Ran down the court the wrong way, shot the wrong basket. Humiliated. A few years later, I started driving. <laughs> this is this open window stuff when your mom's in the congregation. Anyway, so I'm driving. A friend of mine um, and I had worked on his 67 Mustang, rebuilt a 289. I was driving a 73 GMC step side, put in a 350, headers the whole nine yards. So I'm sitting at a stoplight. Guess who pulls up beside me? My friend Paul in his Mustang. We, we were best friends, didn't even have to look at each other. We knew as soon as that light turned green, man, we were going to go. Sure enough, we did. Roaring down the four-lane highway. Had a few stoplights, but going down this four-lane highway, there was a car that he was in his lane, so I knew I just blew on past him. But it was dusk, so people had their headlights on. So I look in my rearview mirror, and here's these headlights coming up through the traffic. I'm like, oh, no, Paul. No, man, I dropped it down in a second. Boom, man, I took off. Just in time to see the blue lights come on. <laughs> yep. So I pulled over into this convenience store parking lot, and <laughs> the officer was so kindly asked me for my license, and I couldn't find it. That's a whole other story. But there's Paul driving around the convenience store parking lot, just laughing, <laughs> you know, humiliated. Fast forward a few more years, older, we had started our, our uh, ministry in North Carolina, soup kitchen. Um, no money, bills due. Didn't know what we were going to do. Didn't know what we were going to do. I had, I had it all figured out down to the penny of what we needed. Went about our day, came home, there was a check stuck in our back screen door for the exact amount to the penny of our bills. Humbled. You guys know the story as far as um, Julie in the hospital with Anna and Anna being born early, but to stand outside of the room with the lights going off and the doctors rushing in, feeling like your entire self is melting into the concrete because there's this voice that's telling you you're going to lose it all. Humble. You see, there's a difference between being humiliated and being humble. There's a difference. The difference is, is that at points in our life, 
We put ourselves on pedestals. Now, as much as you would like me to stand on this and pose, I'm not going to. <laughs> but we do. We sit ourselves on pedestals. And whether it's playing basketball and you want to do the best that you can and people are watching you and you're doing great, or if it's racing down the road because you want to meet your friend in the car, or you believe beyond a shadow of a doubt it is solely your responsibility to take care of financially your family. We sit on these. Humility is a powerful, powerful thing. And even we're talking about humility is, is your way to greatness today. But being humiliated is the fact that I'm on this pedestal and there's no thought in my mind that I'm coming off of this pedestal. So therefore, I need to do everything I can to save face. That's being humiliated. Being humbled is submission and surrender to allow yourself to come off of this pedestal because you have no right to sit there in the first place. And it's letting God be here and you backing off of that and understanding that he is who he says he is, and I am not what I think I am. You get the picture? We've all been here, and sometimes we do everything we can to stay on. You know, I'll super glue myself to it, put a seatbelt on, whatever it takes, man, I'm staying on this pedestal, because I am worth what I think I'm worth. You see, when Jesus went into the Beatitudes and he went to the Sermon on the Mount, remember what he talked about before he started the Sermon on the Mount? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. Coming off or stepping off of that pedestal is that. Now, there's two ways off this pedestal. Two. One, you can step off. I highly recommend that. Second, you get knocked off. Because, see, God's not going to share his glory with someone else. And if he's going to do and work and move through your life, you can bet that's his seat. So repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it's interesting that he goes from telling people repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He goes to the mount and all of a sudden people start to gather around him. And the first beatitude he talks about is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed, extremely joyful, abundantly happy are the poor in spirit. Are those who humble themselves. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. See, that whole thing of repenting is about humbling yourself, admitting, I am a sinner. I need the one who belongs on this pedestal, Jesus Christ, and I surrender 
and I submit my life to him. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You see, that, that phrase there is, is two things. First of all, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You submit yourself to Christ, and he becomes your savior. Guess what? Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Okay? The second part is that we have to make a mental transition right here because it's not just about what's coming. It's not just about being in heaven. Because Christ said, repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is here. The second part is living the kingdom of heaven here. Living in it. Being it. Now see, it's interesting because these people know all about the Jewish tradition and they know all about the, the past. And I've mentioned this before, but there comes a point in time when Jesus Christ becomes your Savior that you are actually the walking Ark of the Covenant. You are. The Spirit of God, just like it resided on the mercy seat, resides within you. So the kingdom of heaven is at hand, literally. Because you are a part of the kingdom of heaven. So there is a strong sense of what Christ is talking here. The kingdom of heaven, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Those who are humble, those who have submitted and surrendered, yours is the kingdom of heaven. There's a sense of ownership there. That is yours. It's yours to have for yourself, but it's yours to show and to give to others. Yeah, how about that? One of the things we talked about in confirmation class today was worship. What is worship? We talked about worship being a lifestyle. Worship is about putting God on display for people to see Him. It's not just singing songs. It's not just being up here. It's not giving, just giving our tithes and offerings. It's not just what, ha what happens in these four walls. It happens every day, all day, because that's who we are. We are worshipers. So wherever we go, whatever we do, whatever we say, however we say it, is all a part of living our worship out loud. That is giving the kingdom of heaven to others and giving them an opportunity to be a part of that. And to have that. It's a powerful thing. Being humbled. There is power in that. We have ownership of the kingdom of heaven. Those, James 4, 6 says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So in our humility, in our submission and surrender, in our willingness to step off of these pedestals that we put ourselves on, we have ownership of the kingdom of heaven, and God provides grace. How many of us have benefited from God's grace? And you know what? I just don't mean salvation. I mean, we get into situations and circumstances in life. It could be bills owed, cards that need repaired, whatever. 
and grace comes to you. You get something that you don't deserve. But grace comes into your life in some form or fashion. Very tangible in everyday situations and circumstances. God gives grace to the humble. That's a promise. That's not something that you can walk through life and go, oh, I hope so. Because see, God doesn't renege on promises. He is sure. And if you're humble, then grace is coming your way. You can bank on it. The kingdom of heaven, we own that. And therefore, we have access to all of its benefits. We are given grace, and we are encouraged. God gives grace to the humble, and he lifts them up, it tells us in Proverbs. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. He will lift you up. He will lift you up. It's not what you do or what you say or if you can figure out some kind of strategy to make the, the situation you're dealing with at work go your direction. You can strategize all day. God is the one who lifts you up. And when we start taking credit for how things are moving or working or, you know what, I made this great decision and now my, my path is going much, much better. My career is now on this great trajectory. What you're doing is you're actually putting yourself on this pedestal. And let me just tell you, good luck. Good luck. Because there's one of two ways off that pedestal. In pursuit of who God is, staying here is not an option. You cannot become everything that God designed you to be by staying on this pedestal. You can't. You see, that's where our greatness comes in. Because when we step off of that pedestal or when we get knocked off and humbly ask for forgiveness and repent, then that's when your greatness comes into view. Because you will see things totally differently. And you will begin the journey of becoming everything that God designed you to be. When you deny yourself, step off the pedestal, and let him lead you and guide you. Submission and surrender with a heart of humility, humbling yourselves, gives you the kingdom of heaven. In the days to come after we pass off from this earth, and in the days that you're living now, the kingdom of heaven is alive and well. And in some form or fashion, each one of us are seeing it, and we're watching it happen in the days that we live today. And there is a desire that is growing in our hearts to become more a part of it in ways that we can't even comprehend at this point. There are times when we're just like, yeah, man, God, this is so neat and so awesome. I just cannot. I want to be more a part of what you're doing. And you might not even know how. But he'll show you. He is faithful, is he not? He is. And you know what? It may be something that you might not like. 
Maybe you had other plans. I want to go do this. I want to be this. I would like to be here. I want to live there. I want to, I want, I want, I want. You know what? We can talk about it all day long. And you know what? God is a faithful father and he will listen at the same time in our submission and our surrender and our humility. He will lead us and guide us and we will realize that he has our heart in mind. And that whatever we think we might want might be different than the path that we're on. But the path that he leads us on, we will find out, is actually where we would rather be as we start down the path. You see, that's why God is out here in front of us. And he knows. And we get to trust him in that. But we have to understand what pedestals we are on. Kind of like we, we talked a couple of weeks ago about inventorying our backpacks, right? I still haven't got through mine. Anybody? Am I the only one still working on it? Right? I know it's a lot. But you know what? We have pedestals too. We do. We have pedestals. And we might not even think about them. But usually it starts with something like I. And it has something to do with centering around ourselves. Like, I don't have anxiety when I'm in control. <laughs> That's a big joke. We're never in control. But we feel like we are. And this is comfortable for me. And I like this. And I feel safe here on my pedestal. But when we come off of that, life changes, and we have to get used to a new normal. Kind of like what we're doing here. We're getting to a new abnormal, getting used to a new abnormal. And that's okay. And it's good. And life off of this pedestal, with Christ on it, is good, church. It is good. He is faithful. He loves you. And you can trust him. No matter how weird it may feel being off of it. It's really the safest place you can be. Because you're in the palm of his hand. You're not on your pedestal. And he is Lord of your life. And that is a good place to be. A very good place to be. Father, Lord God, we are thankful for your loving kindness towards us. We are thankful that you love us so much that you will walk us through coming off of our pedestals. Lord, that you will show us, teach us, guide us through these shifts and changes in our lives. Father, all of that you release us into our greatness. What you desire for us to be in you. God, I pray, I pray, I pray that each of us, myself included, trust, trust you to step off of our pedestals. Father, to allow ourselves to be humble in your sight. For you will lift us up 
You will encourage us. You will give us grace. And you will show us how to operate within the kingdom of heaven. Because it is ours. Father, we love you. And we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you would please uh, stand and turn your handles to page 354. I surrender all. <laughs>